Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noter Francesco, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max, in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska, which in about five days here will be the sites of many watch parties and many uh, hopefully happy celebrations after Thursday night's game against Minnesota. Um, man, I can't tell you how excited I am, Grandpa. How, I mean, we've been talking about this, and it's finally here. It's right. We, we got down to double di- or we got down to single digits this past week in our countdown that you and I have been texting each other. Um, I, I mean, what do, what are you feeling right now? You know, well, it's four days. Don't make it any longer than it than it is. It's four days. But yeah, can you oh, believe? Right, yeah. We're talking about game day. We're talking about a game day that's on the the. I mean, it's it's we can almost taste it. We can almost feel it. It's almost here. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah, it's it's this is going to be a tough. When we'll talk more about Minnesota, <clears throat> obviously uh, it's going to be a tough opponent, but uh, it's going to be. I can't wait. Obviously, we've been talking about this thing forever. Yeah, I can't wait either. It's going to be a blast. I'm super excited for Thursday night, and just sucks it's on a Thursday night versus Saturday. But uh, did you get college football? Did start yesterday. Uh, we had a couple games on on the slate there. Did you watch any of those? Yeah, I sure did. I I watched much of the Notre Dame game. I mean, once it got out of hand, then I didn't really. Yeah, care for they yeah brought, I was <laughs> subs. I mean, that wasn't a surprise. Uh, I was watching La Tech last night. They ended up winning that game. They they played really not well in the first half. They trailed by, I think, oh gosh, I want to say seventeen to nothing, but I'm not sure on that. And then they came back. And their defense was just dominating in that third and fourth quarter, and they pulled out a win, twenty-two to uh, seventeen. So we play them in the, in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, yeah. and I, we can talk about that. Did that? Did from anything you saw? Did that make you worried for that game no. more than we were? Okay. No, okay. no, I didn't get a chance to watch that one because I had a soccer game last night. But uh, I was uh, I was texting during the Notre Dame game. I was texting a friend who's a Notre Dame fan, and oh. uh, I was I was texting <laughs> I, I was texting him, and I was like, "Oh, that stadium's cursed for me because it's they played in Dublin, Ireland, and they played at the same stadium <laughs> in Nebraska." Today. I I told I told him, "Don't try any onside kicks; it's not going to work for you." <laughs> uh, <laughs> thankfully Notre Dame didn't do any of that I saw a lot of that on Twitter of uh, people like okay Notre Dame you're up you're up two scores and then it was just a clip of the onside clip onside kick last year for Nebraska against Northwestern oh yeah, was, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway that's besides the point uh, today we're going to be diving into uh, our full Minnesota game preview getting into that talking about depth chart stuff because the depth chart was released on Thursday as we said um, and really just the um, getting into first game of the season, what our expectations are, what we're looking for, and what we what we're we think is going to happen here. We're so, kind of rusty at this, so we haven't done this. I since know. Our, our pre- think about that. It's that is kind of weird. Yeah, it's been like nine months, uh, ten months, something like that. I don't know if I really. And if we get if we get a win Thursday, I don't I don't know. You and I are probably you probably won't go to school the next day. I. I won't. <laughs> I won't go to work. Oh, I don't go to work any day anyway. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, uh, anyway. um, All right, where do you want to start here, Grandpa? Because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Where's your first focus? The the thing of it is, and uh, I did my research on this, that uh, P.J. Fleck doesn't do anything offensively that is going to scare you. It's their defense and their special teams. Uh, That's 
you know, that that's what everything stands out. And I, I did some, some uh, research here. The last five games that these two teams have played, um, it's, it's, it's been a single, it's been a one possession uh, game for most of the, uh, for most of the, uh, the, the games. Um, the only, the aberration there was in 2018 when Scott Frost team beat uh, Minnesota 53-28 and they turned around the next year and they beat us seven or 34 to seven. But in 20 and 21, yeah, 20 and 21, that's that's been a uh, one possession game, 17-24 loss in uh, 2020, and then came back the next year and lost to them. Uh, well, yeah, in, in 20 or in 21, we lost to them by seven points, 23 to 30, and then we lost lost to them last year the same margin, 13 to 20. So it seems like if Nebraska can score eight more points, <laughs> you know, uh, you know that they they win a couple of those games. So. I don't. I guess the point I'm saying, I don't think Nebraska is that far off. Um, so I think. Well, we'll we'll get into the details of it, but but uh, it's you want to run through some of the stats for scoring offense and and then defense. Yeah, for for Minnesota, Minnesota. This is also based off the FB CFBStats.com website we've been using when we refer to these rankings for scoring offense and all that last year that we have done in our previews. Uh, so same website here, uh, Minnesota in scoring offense, twenty eight point two points per game. Yeah, that's not. Uh, put, that's that's not, not, not not great, not terrible. Exactly right. puts them at sixty sixth in the nation, which is pretty much in the middle there. Uh, pass offense, one hundred sixteenth. Uh, 182.2 yards per game. But the reason they are so low for pa- with passing offense is because their run offense is 16th in the nation. They've really relied on Mo right. Ibrahim, at least they did last year. Yeah. 207.5 yards a game uh, for total offensive ranking of 64th in the nation with about 400 uh, yards per game there. So the the run thing is what I, I mean. I, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks here. This is what's really scaring me is Mo Ibrahim. I feel like it has the ability to just blow this game wide open for Minnesota. He did last year. Nebraska was up by 10 in the first quarter last year. They were up by 10 at halftime last year. Uh, and then Minnesota just started pounding the ball and Nebraska couldn't do anything about it. And that was a theme with Nebraska last year. It has been a theme with Nebraska. They haven't been able to stop the run. They've been able to run the ball for themselves either, which doesn't help. But they haven't been able to stop the run that well. And when they do, the games that Nebraska is able to beat a lot of these teams. That, like for example, uh, I forget if it was two or three years ago when we played Ohio State and the game was really close. We were stopping the run against Ohio State. We were stopping uh, a lot of the pass passing game as well. Our defense played really well uh, on all aspects. Nebraska is going to need to do that against Minnesota, but more, I'm not worried about the passing attack for Minnesota. Minnesota's passing attack uh, is probably maybe hundredth in the nation. I'm not going to go 116th. I just don't think they relied on it as much so that's why it was lower but i think it's probably around 90 to 100th ranked in the nation it's not great uh, i mean arthur kolyak manis is a good quarterback or yeah sorry i believe it's ethan kolyak i forget how to pronounce his name but uh kolyak manis is a good quarterback for minnesota he he's had experience he played last year 
Uh, he threw for 946 yards passing, three touchdowns, four interceptions. That's not really great, but considering he wasn't playing that much, Tanner Morgan was their guy last year. Uh, he'd been, I think he was a six, he was one of those super, the, the COVID year um, seniors that had stuck around. So he had, he had his extra years of eligibility. Um, but even then for Tanner Morgan only threw for 1,382 yards, nine touchdowns and five interceptions, which is really bad. If you if, if for most teams, but Minnesota went, I, I believe eight and four last year. Is that correct? Oh, nine. No, they nine went back to back nine win seasons. Yeah, yeah, nine and four, uh, nine and four last year. So I mean, that's not that bad for. I mean, you you lose you look at uh, you look at other teams. If you if you if I saw Jeff, if Jeff Sims stats are like Tanner Morgan's last year. And I don't yeah. know anything else. If you tell me that right now, that that's what Jeff Sims stats are going to be like, I'm probably predicting Nebraska is going three and nine or something like right. that. Right. Because right. there's no way Nebraska is going to win games. But Minnesota has been able to run the ball and figure out how to win games without passing, which is one, a very hard thing to do in the Big Ten when the defensive lines are so big and so dominant. Maybe it's a factor of being in the Big Ten West. I don't know. Maybe I can send, I, I can, and I can send that one over to you there, Grandpa. But I think that. Minnesota scares me because they figure out how to win without passing the ball. And one-sided teams in college football usually don't get that far, but PJ flex teams with Minnesota have always been very consistent. As you said, uh, consecutive nine win seasons uh, and not passing the ball. You do not see that a lot. That is a very difficult thing to do. I think so the I, question, I, I think, go ahead. Go ahead. Will. No, no, go ahead. I was, I was just, I was I'm just going to say that uh, the, the real, uh, battle i believe you, you, we're looking at a game within a game is their offensive line their left tackle is 6'6 325 left guard is 6'5 315 their center is 6'5 300 uh their right guard is 6'7 315 and their right tackle is uh 6'7 325 and they have a tight end who really comes in there and blocks and serves as an offensive lineman He's 6'7", 270. So that's, <laughs> I mean, you can see why a Mo Ibrahim uh, last year, he ran for almost 1,700 yards, and he's gone this year. Uh, oh, yeah. is that right? Really? Oh, yeah. He was a senior last year. 5.2. Oh, okay. Touchdowns. So he's gone. Tanner Morgan. Wow, why did I think he was still there? That Wow, that is a egregious mistake from someone that calls themselves a podcaster talking about Big Ten football. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. We might not get any uh, sponsors based on that. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's on me there, Grandpa. Uh, but it, sorry, my, my correction. Yeah, Tyler, Sean Tyler's going to be there running back this year. Um, he is He's a senior, so he's been with them for a bit. But um, I, actually, I believe he just transferred in from Western Michigan. So we don't know too much about him. But anyway, go ahead. Well, it's, it's just you can see why somebody like Ibrahim – ran for all his yardage that almost 1700 yards that's in a 5.2 yard per carry average i mean give me that offensive line uh and I, you know ours is big but we were went four and eight last year so what does that mean i don't know there's there's so many questions going into this game but you don't have i guess you start looking at the stats and you say okay i get it that's why Minnesota won is won nine games the last uh, two two seasons back to back nine win seasons, 
because they got a great offensive line. They don't make mistakes, and they wait yep. for teams like Nebraska to come in there and just, you know, fall on their face. I mean, given Nebraska's woes over the past several years, uh, you know, Minnesota eked out a seven-point win last year. I mean, they didn't come in here and dominate us, and but they we just lost steam in the in the second half and and uh, and couldn't. Uh, you know, just we couldn't play, and then we came down to the last possession, and uh, and we couldn't uh, even get a first down. So uh, it's it's just, I, I guess, and you're looking at this game, we're not that far away. I mean, yeah, you're far away. It's a game of inches, but but uh, I think that uh, given Matt Rule, I think in his staff, I think they they can at least make up seven, maybe eight points maybe pull out a win uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, I, I, I think that uh, the, the, the guy that Nebraska is really going to have to cover, which I'm not as worried about now is Chris Altman bell, uh, their senior wide receiver in their Z slot. Uh, he kind of, he's been kind of their go-to wide receiver these past couple of years after Rashad Bateman left a couple of years ago uh, for the NFL. Um, and he has been their main receiver, as I said, but of course their passing attack isn't that great. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what Sean Tyler does. I haven't seen too much of him um, just as a transfer, seen too much news, uh, but actually I'm, man, I'm really, I'm really glad this makes me much more confident in Nebraska in this game uh, because I mean, of course you're still gonna have to stop the run because being a D one running back means you're pretty darn good at being a running back. Uh, especially in the Big Ten. And I think that it gives me a little bit more confidence now knowing that Mo Ibrahim's gone uh, because there's not a proven guy that I have to worry about for Nebraska stopping. Uh, right. Interesting thing, looking at right. Nebraska and Minnesota's depth charts, Nebraska has uh, not a ton of depth. Maybe it's just not listed on here, uh, but Minnesota has a has a lot of depth in there, so they can rotate guys a lot more than Nebraska can, at least from what I'm seeing. Uh, one other thing I would like to get your take on here, Grandpa. Uh, we did get our place kicker uh, issue resolved here. Tristan Alvano is going to be our place kicker this year for Nebraska, at least starting out. Wow. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, I'm super excited to see what he can do. I maybe if Nebraska's up by a little, maybe maybe a score or or two. Uh, and you get the ball in the red zone, just keep stalling or trying to lose yardage so he can see how far he can kick field goals. Uh, that might not be that might not be great. That might be another Scott Frost move there. Maybe that's not why I'm the coach. Then maybe that's why I'm not the coach in Nebraska right now. Matt Rule is, but uh, it'll be it'll be fun to see him out there. I'm hoping he gets to kick some field goals, not just extra points, because I, I I just love his leg talent is insane and it's just so oh, much yeah. fun to watch him play. Well, we um, saw him play a kicker. The, uh... We saw the the Class A championship last last year between Gretna and, and Westside, and and he kicked I think five field goals on that game, and the last one was a I want to say is a forty three yarder. I think I, it was forty I yeah forty three forty seven something yeah, like that yeah. to win. Uh, yeah, you know he's a true friend. He was he was in high school last year, and a kid comes in here, and they kind of they were impressed. The coaches, the Husker coaches, were impressed with what he did because you're kicking with a, a you know a college, uh, you know, goalpost. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just, man, a bleak road is, you, you know, you wonder if, if he'll transfer, you know, cause if you're not going to be kicking, what's the point of, 
being on the roster. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and well, Bleakro's not even – he's not even doing the place – like the the, the um, kickoffs either. That's Brian Buschini's – or sorry, that's punning. My fault, my fault. Brian Buschini's going to be doing kickoffs though as well. Timmy Bleakro's not, really? not even doing that. So I don't know – I mean, I, my guess is ho- hopefully for his sake, I hope he transfers uh, because kickers don't get injured that much. Right. Uh, and Alvano's going to be there forever. So there's no shot that Timmy Bleakro's going to – uh, transfer out, but I, I mean, I, I think his window's closed because Timmy Bleakroad's a senior this year. Um, so yeah. I don't know if he has, yeah. I don't know if he has yeah, space to anymore. True. That's true. Um, so maybe he's just gonna have to win it back. That that kind of sucks for him. I feel bad for him because you'd like to see him, like obviously senior year, you want to kick and you want to play. Uh, but if there's like two guys ahead of you there, maybe maybe he ends up doing kickoffs or something. If Bushini, it's too much strain on his leg or what's going on. But who knows? Um, what other thoughts do you have? Uh, wh- I guess I should ask you this: Wh- Who on on Nebraska side of the ball? Let's start with the offense. What's the one either spot like group that you're going to be watching, or one specific player you're going to be watching pretty intently here come for Nebraska on Thursday? On offense. The, line, the line play offensive line is you start there that depth chart came out and and uh teddy prohaska is i guess still injured he's he had some nagging of course he lost time playing time the last two years then he had i think some nagging injuries i think they're thinking it, it's not going to keep him out for the season but he's probably going to miss a couple of games so they're going to start turner cochran at uh at uh, right or excuse me left tackle and then Ethan Piper, instead of Nuruddin Nurelli at, at left guard, centers Ben Scott, and that's that was no brainer on that. And then they brought in um, uh, who, who am I saying on for right guard? It, it, I'm seeing this uh, Nuelli's right guard, so they just flipped right guard. That, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then uh, Bryce Benhart uh, at uh, right tackle. I'm just hoping those guys can play together. Ben Hart got beat a lot last year. And if you give, if you don't give your quarterback and your running backs a chance, then you're going to be struggling and you're going to be lucky to win four games this year. But uh, I got to believe that that offensive line is going to be measurably better. Maybe that's more hope than it is, uh, you know, more wishful thinking. But um, so I'm going to be looking at that. I'm, I'm, I don't have any um, question about Jeff Sims. I don't have any question about the running back rotation that they have right now with Urban uh, being the starter. I think that's a good move. I'm not surprised at that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the wide receiver position. And, and you, you're good, they're going to probably start Nate Borkercher at tight end over Thomas Fedoni, but I can't see Thomas Fedoni sitting on the bench much this year. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, especially with him healthy. That that was gonna be mine. I'm I'm gonna be watching Fedoni when he gets in there because I think he can win that starting spot pretty darn easily at tight end. Uh it's just a question of can he stay healthy? And I think right. my guess is why he's not starting in the first game is because they don't want to just throw him into the thick of things and yeah. get him injured again. So they're just being cautious with that. And Borkacher's not a terrible tight end. Uh he played pretty well in the yeah. Limited minutes he got last year, so I, I'm fine with that, and I'm sure they'll rotate both those guys in uh, accordingly. Um, 
it's going to be interesting to see Marcus Washington listed as second on the depth chart. Uh, that was something that stuck out to me before I remembered he has the hand issues. Yeah. Uh, so Alex Bullock is going to be starting uh, at our X wide receiver position uh, on Thursday. And I don't know if Marcus Washington's going to play, what that's going to look like. My guess is because he's second on the depth chart, he's not going to play that much because he would be on, he would be on reserve if he's not going to play at all. So I don't know. Um, I don't know where they're going to fit Fleeks in there. I, I mean, I know he showed up overweight and all that, and it, Matt Rule sent him home. They have a relationship already, so I'm sure he knows that Fleeks is going to get that figured out. Uh, but I don't know. He plays a slot receiver position, so I don't know if you can put him at the X or or or, or what. Uh, interestingly enough, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda gets a starting spot again for Nebraska. He switched his number from two to eighty-two uh, this year, but. Uh, Kind of the the saga has concluded with him finishing in the same spot he started at at Nebraska, so that's kind of interesting. But I mean, I think our receiving core is going to be okay. Uh, I'm not super worried about anything there. Billy Kemp's going to be great. That's another guy I'm going to be watching uh, as well. But the main guy I'll be watching, besides the offensive line, which I think you just nailed, that that is the main focus for Nebraska right now. Uh, is on offense at least is the just just as a fan watching what you want to see is the offensive line performance that they're playing well together that they know what they're doing that they build that chemistry that it looks good um but other guys there uh, thomas fedoni is probably going to be my second guy that i'm really going to be watching there besides the offensive line Uh, let's let's switch over to defense who are you watching here what position group you watching here grandpa you know i was going through the going through the depth chart and uh, unless I miss my eyes or are, are uh, deceiving me, Prince Will is not listed on there. Why is that? I don't know. I I thought he was playing pretty well in the uh, in the in the fall and the spring. I'm not seeing him listed here either. So I honestly oh. don't know what happened. Um, did he transfer? I don't know. It, it I don't think that so. would have. I don't think he transferred because that would have merited quite a bit of news. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I uh, genuinely don't know. Maybe it's just they don't know where he's going to fit in. Uh, that's weird. I, he's definitely there. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get more explanation from Rule or what's going on. I, I wonder if in these press conferences leading up to the game, we're going to get some answers to that. I hope so because he seemed like a guy that could really step in uh, – on one of the two defensive end spots. They were talking about him being a starter and he's a freshman. And you and I said, Whoa, a freshman starting on the defensive line. Yeah. To be fair from what we saw in the spring game, he played really well in the spring game. I think, and I, I think he's just played well and really impressed them. So it's weird to me. He's not even on the depth chart. So I don't know if they just didn't list out as far as as third or fourth on the depth chart or whatever, but it seems weird to me that he's not second because Cameron Lenhart, who's also a freshman is listed as second on the depth chart for our right defensive end spot. Right. And then Kai Wallen, who just transferred in as a sophomore, uh, he's listed as second in rotation there on the left defensive end spot. So you think that if Prince Will wasn't starting, okay, maybe they don't have enough confidence in him just yet. You think he'd be in those, in one of those two spots, yeah, but course. it's both guys that are also just as an experience. So I don't know what happened there, but I really hope we get answers and we'll talk about that next week after the game, yeah. hopefully, or something during the week that we get an answer for. But uh, anyway, um, where are you going to be watching here, Grandpa? I feel like there's a <laughs> lot of different interesting things to watch. 
Uh, but where's the main focus going to be on defense? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I love, I absolutely love, uh, well, I, I love Ty Robinson. I hope he has a breakout year. He's a junior this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You mentioned Kay uh, Wallen. Uh, yeah. The Juco transfer comes with very high credentials. Um, I don't that how well can that defense gel? You know, and here you're going to be learning a new defense at 335. How well can these to this unit adjust to that by 831? I mean, I don't know. That's that's going to be the other thing we're going to have to see. We talk about the the offensive line. Uh, that's so critical to the success of the offense. And obviously the defensive line is so critical to the, to uh, the defense. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. You got, you have three interior linemen, two defensive ends and a defensive nose tackle. I suppose you you could call him that. Uh, But it's going to be really interesting to see how this, how this whole thing, whole, whole thing works. It's just, we don't know. It's coming out of the shoot. Tony White has been running this defense. He knows it. Can he get his players up to speed by 831? I don't know. Maybe that's a work in progress. Maybe that's something we look at in the mid middle of the season and see how the the, the progress has been uh, made. Um, so, uh, you know, how well they can run that thing come Thursday night, uh, that's, that's going to be the key. Yeah, definitely, and I'm really excited for this linebacker core. I'll tell you that right now. You got MJ Sherman, Luke Reimer, Nick Heinrich, and Isaac Gifford listed as our starters, and that just, I mean, I'm glad that they're on our side of the ball because that would scare the living crap out of me if I was Minnesota's running game or if I was their quarterback uh, because those guys are going to be coming at you all day, and uh, you're not going to be able to get past the second level for Minnesota, I don't think. That's a very, very solid linebacking core and I, I think that if none of those guys get injured that could be one of the best linebacking cores in the nation um I, maybe i'm being a little bit biased here but i i think that just the experience and the chemistry uh, you're not going to find that in a lot of other places maybe georgia and alabama top those but who knows i i think i'm really excited for this linebacking core um let's talk so Matt Rule, uh, we talked about this, I believe, uh, maybe two or three months ago. Matt Rule has this uh, thing, or their coaching staff has this thing this year where they only give single-digit numbers to players that are leaders and embody what Matt Rule wants from the Nebraska program. So there aren't that many. I think there are seven players that got single-digit numbers. I'll list them real quick, going from uh, numbers one to seven. Uh, Billy Kemp has number one. He got a zero in there, too. Right. I, I see Nash Hutmatcher is double zero though. So I don't know if that counts. Also zero has like a different uh, connotation in the football ranks where it's like, they're the team player that is not like flashy or not a star, but he works is the hardest. So maybe sure. Nash Hutmatcher will, will group in that. I don't know how much of that was rule versus the, just being the zero number. But anyway, uh, Billy Kemp is number one. Isaac Gifford, number two. Nick Heinrich, number three. Luke Reimer, number four. Uh, surprisingly, John Bullock, who is the uh, number two in rotation at middle linebacker, has number five. I uh, haven't really heard that name a lot, so that's interesting to me. 
Uh, I, I, I have yet to see a lot from him, but I'm sure we will uh, based off of that number given to him there. Uh, number six, I don't believe we have a number six, actually. So then it goes, uh, and then number seven is Jeff Sims uh, at quarterback. So two on the offense and four on the defense for the single-digit numbers. Uh, do you think there's anyone else that maybe might have deserved one of those, Grandpa? Or do you? Because I remember we talked about this earlier. You didn't really fully understand the point of it. Are you understanding it now? Does it make sense? Or does no. it still kind of confuse you a little bit? <laughs> I think I... I don't get it, and I probably admit, I don't know, coaches smarter than I, so uh, I don't. So then you're saying that there's only 10 stars on your team because you, you you go from zero to, well, zero to nine, so you, you got 10 players on there. They're, they're the top 10, uh, and then, then you have offensive linemen, and they cannot wear single-digit numbers, so – I, I don't get it. I think it's kind of silly. And they're handing out black shirts before the Minnesota game. I think they're handing them out on Thursday. I don't oh. I don't get that. I mean, before you played a game, before you hit anybody, before you've tackled anybody, you get a black shirt. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I mean he's smarter than I am. That's for darn sure. I don't know. I I just I just want to win. I don't really care about the process. But uh, yeah, I, I think that the single digit. I don't think the single digit number thing is like a here are ten stars on the team. I think it's just here are ten leaders that embody this program uh, and and what we stand for. It doesn't mean they're the best player on the team. It just means M- Matt Rule thinks that they embody what he wants to do at Nebraska best. Um, and so that I mean. It, I guess it effectively it is your stars on the team when you look about when you look at it it's our th- three linebackers that have been with the team forever. I mean obviously they all work super hard. It's it's our three linebackers that are kind of our best players there on defense. Maybe Quentin Newsom uh, and Malcolm Hartsock could be thrown in there. Uh and then it's our best receiver and our quarterback. So I can I can see what you're saying. Um but I I think that it, it it has a little bit more of a deeper meaning there. I'm sure he'll explain it more. He has explained it before in press conferences. I, I'm just, I'm sure it'll make a little bit more sense when we get into the season. But anyway, um, I think, I think what that else has to do with? I think that has to do with leadership. You know, you're, you're mentioning about being a great player. Yeah, but you have to be a leader. You can be a great player and not be a leader. And that's probably what he's thinking of those top 10 guys is they're the 10 leaders of this football program. That That's, that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what the point of it is. So yeah. Uh, anyway, w- going back to the game, what does Nebraska have? Give me, give me three specific things that Nebraska is going to have to do on Thursday in order to win. You got to win the turnover battle. You got to be able to run the ball when you need to run the ball. You need to not make mistakes and beat yourself. You do those three things, you, you're going to be in a position to win the dang game, I believe. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think running the ball is going to be huge. Gabe Irvin's going to have to have a big game uh, if Nebraska wants to win this and look good. I think there are ways that Nebraska can win this game and it'd be really ugly. Uh, and, and I feel like that would still feel like a loss because I, for me, at least I feel like Nebraska, I want to see Nebraska decisively win a game. I don't feel like they've done that in maybe the past three seasons, the Iowa game. Yes, we won, Yeah, but 
we dang near blew it and that oh was uh, i mean obviously there's the relief and uh, and and then it feels good to get that win against an Iowa team that we haven't beaten come so close to beating for so many years and you finally beat them so it was good i'm not knocking that win at all it just was it wasn't pretty it wasn't decisive uh and i'm not counting any of the fcs wins that nebraska gets yeah, decisive yeah. that's all throwaway stuff even that north dakota game i didn't feel super comfortable that nebraska was going to win that the entire game so I mean, I just want Nebraska. You got to win decisively. That's that's all I got for that. Uh, and I think you're right. Those three things. That will be the same three things I said. Turnover battle. You got to win it. Uh, you got to not make mistakes, and you got to run the ball effectively when you when you need to. Uh, not right. not when you want to, because any any team can run the ball effectively when they want to. But it's when you need to. When it comes down to third and three, and you need to pick up the third down to put the game away, and you can't run the ball to stay to put the game away and then you let Wisconsin get the ball back and score a winning touchdown in the final 14 seconds. Uh, that's when it becomes a problem. And that's when I need to see Nebraska change. So uh, in, in, in looking in, we're talking about offense and, and so on going up against uh, Minnesota's defense. They are what they ended up last year uh, scoring defense. They average, they allowed less than 14 points a game. That's insane. That's insane. That means you don't need to have much of an offense. Rushing defense, talking about running the ball, they were 16th in the country, fourth in scoring defense, 16th in rushing defense. They allow 109 yards uh, rushing a game. Whoa. Pass defense, number 15 in the nation, 185.7 yards per game. Total defense, ninth. They allow a total of under 20 or 295 yards a game ninth in the country. So that's what is facing Matt Rule and the Huskers come Thursday night. I mean, it, and I'm not trying to paint a bad picture, but it's like if Nebraska can win that game, holy cow. I mean, that's that would be a great accomplishment. This is not playing a, you know, a uh, East Jesus uh, state, you know, this is, yeah. this is a, this is a good team. They've won nine games in the last two years. You go there in, in Minnesota at at Minnesota and you come out with a, a win. It's like, wow. That I mean, I, I don't know if we we'd be ready to put uh, Matt Rule in the uh, College Football Hall of Fame just yet. But that would be. We've talked about how huge this game is because if you lose this game, you you start off in the conference play at zero and one, and then the next. Uh, next next chance you get is at home against Michigan, and then you go on the road the following week at Illinois. So you could end the the or start the season in a, in a huge huge hole, you know, zero and three in conference play. That's why I think this this game is so huge for Nebraska. I, and we talked to Jeremiah Searles a few months ago, and he had the same uh, take on that. I, it's a monumental game, and I know. If Nebraska does lose the game, you'd say, well, there are 11 more games, a long season. You hear all the coach speak. I get it. But I, I I think Matt Rule and I think the players understand what is at stake in this game. I think this is a huge – it's a huge challenge, but it's also a huge opportunity. Those guys can go in there and do something nobody will have thought they could do because Nebraska is like seven-point dog, right? They go in yeah. there, seven and all and the half. pundits. Seven and a half, I believe, you. Yeah. yeah, everybody's – they don't give anybody – they don't give Nebraska a chance. And then Nebraska goes in there and somehow ekes out a win. 
that is a big, big deal. I think that gives them momentum for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think Matt Rule is going to play that, that like Nebraska, which they haven't done in a while. I think it's been there a little bit. It's they haven't Nebraska hasn't played with a chip on its shoulder in a while. Uh, it just hasn't looked like Nebraska's been playing with chip on her shoulder. I think that there are possible, like there are possible chips on their shoulder, but they're maybe not playing like they have one on their shoulder. Uh, it, it, I think this game, Matt Rule's going to build that up and say, you've been like the last three years, you have been terrible. It has been not Nebraska football. Your fans want to see better. No one's counting you out. This Minnesota team is down this year, and they're still giving them a touchdown and a half, a, seven and a half points over you. Like, are you going to take that? Let's go. Like, let's go show them that this is not a Nebraska. Right. Nebraska is not going to go away that easily. So, I, I think that Matt Rule will get get all the get the boys hyped up, and I think that it's going to be a really fun game to watch. Uh, before we end here, Grandpa, what's you got a final score prediction? Yeah, I I was thinking about this. The way I see this game going, I think Minnesota's going to jump out to an early lead. Nebraska will come back to tie it, <clears throat> maybe take the lead on the next uh, next quarter, and it'll come down, I believe, to a fourth quarter uh, opportunity for Tristan Alvano to seal the victory. Nebraska comes out and wins the game 24-17. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that I'm kind of with you there. I think it'll be more low-scoring. Uh, because both these offenses are not super prolific. Uh, even if ne- Nebraska showed flashes of being uh, having a prolific offense, but then we bring in Scott Satterfield and we have to figure out, or sorry, Marcus Satterfield, not Scott Satterfield, uh, and figure out what that's going to look like. So I'm going to go, uh, I, I think it'll be a little bit closer. I'm going to go 24 to 20 Nebraska. I think that it's going to come down to a fourth quarter drive that Nebraska needs to put away a touchdown in order to win. Uh, I, I don't think that this is going to be a blowout by any means. I don't think this is going to be a shootout by any means. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to watch, and we'll see here come Thursday. Uh, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, go watch the game on Thursday. Super excited for that. Uh, come back next week. Listen to next week's episode if you want to hear us break down the game and preview uh, the, the next game coming up for, for the Huskers. Uh, that is all we have for you today. And as I said, I mean, first of all, Good luck, Nebraska. I don't know if you're going to need luck, but hopefully, hopefully you go out and prove it. So, uh, but as as we always end with, go big red.